Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonics Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. You're listening to the College Football Coast to Coast Show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. Hey guys, welcome back to Season 2 of College Football Coast to Coast. Uh, I am your co-host, Jacob, along with my other co-host, Tyler. Uh, So, Season 1 we wrapped up. Kind of jumped into a little bit of basketball there at the end, but we're back for the regular football content for... Uh, college football and we're excited for the upcoming season Uh, a lot to come this season so I mean a lot of storylines that have already opened up this season Uh, we have a lot going on outside of the show as well Uh, we've collaborated with a couple of friends uh, a couple of Tyler's old roommates uh, and we uh, have made our sports scramble podcast uh, network together so uh, it's us our sports scramble show and then also Southeast Sports Talk, which Tyler and Wade do host as well. But we're here to talk about college football uh, in its entirety, so we'll jump right in. Uh, first off, Tyler, long off season, man. I said it felt like forever uh, until we started back for college football. But hey, we're going to talk about Week Zero coming in. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. I've just honestly was just looking at our Facebook page and our last one was talking about March Madness, which I left that in the door since I picked Kentucky as my national champion. They lost to eventual Cinderella story St. Peter's, but it's definitely good to be back talking college football. It's, it's now game week. We'll have uh, two a week zero games. You see down there on the bottom of your screen, Nebraska versus Northwestern and Vanderbilt versus Hawaii. So We'll get a little bit of taste of what we're going to see this season, and then next week all of it will unleash. So I'm definitely happy to be back with you. Yeah, yeah. And for those a little background, 
those watching on Facebook, we are having our, this is our first episode on, on Facebook that we're doing on our page. Uh, so we'll have that as well. And then you can tune on to our regular show. Uh, you'll tune into the audio show and everything on your other platforms on uh, Apple podcast and, and Spotify and wherever you get your, your podcast at. Uh, but Tyler, we'll jump right in. Our first game for week zero uh, over there across the pond uh, is between Nebraska and Northwestern. Uh, Nebraska's that 13-point opening favorite right there. Uh, a lot of talk about what was going to happen in Nebraska over the next couple of years. Uh, kind of made some coaching changes a couple of years ago. Things didn't pan out. It was little by little working their way back into the Big Ten, back into the noise a little bit. Because uh, for a long time, Nebraska was kind of the lead dog in, in the Big Ten, uh, and things dropped off for a long time. But it seems like they're back uh, to play a Week Zero game against a fiery Northwestern team. Uh, so I, I don't know what you think is going to happen in this game. You know, it's kind of a tune-up game, I guess, uh, for the season. It does count. But, uh, you know, if you're Nebraska, what do you do going into this game? You, I mean, you haven't seen this team this year. Uh, what's the best way to execute, you know, a win uh, in a place where you're just not used to playing it? Yeah, I expect both of these offenses to really get off to a slow start. Uh, Nebraska has a lot of hype going into the season. Scott Frost, you know, the past couple of years just haven't really been, you know, what Nebraska fans really want. It was a 3-9 season. They played Oklahoma really well, and they'll have Oklahoma at home in Lincoln Memorial Stadium with a lot of big red nation there for you, but this is going to be an interesting road trip. Uh, they, like you said, both teams have to travel across the pond and play in Dublin, Ireland. So this is going to be, you know, something different that these college kids haven't been before. I'm sure hardly any of them have been across the country. So I think that uh, you see there that Nebraska is a 13 point favorite. I'm probably leaning towards that. I just don't think that this Northwestern team is going to be able to handle uh, this veteran bunch of Nebraska. Nebraska, I feel like, is going to have an explosive offense. Uh, the defense is definitely going to pick it up as well. So I think that Nebraska, uh, this is probably going to be a low scoring game in the first half just because this is the, the first game of the new season and both offenses are going to be in their kinks and then the defense will be as well. So it could be a little bit of a low scoring going into the first half. I wouldn't uh, really be surprised if it was like 10-7 going into the half, but I would have Nebraska win this game pretty handily. I think I would say 35-17 they get the job done. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're over-under uh, along with your line. You know, your line's there at 13. But your over-under is at, at 50.5. Uh, so that's actually, that's really high uh, for a for a week zero game. Uh, especially in Ireland. So, I mean, it. Uh, I've seen games – I've seen the games in Ireland before. Uh, I think the way to execute a game like that is start on the ground game, get the ground game going. And I know Nebraska's – that's kind of been their one-dimensional side of things where all they've been able to do is run the ball, uh, which it might work out for them this this year just based on – on uh, you know how they finished last year, they lost the last five games of the year last year. Uh, all tough opponents. I mean, at home against Iowa, and then you're on the road, Wisconsin, at home against Ohio State, at home against Purdue, and then you go to Minnesota to finish it out. That's a long and uh, tough end of the season for them. So I expect them to bounce back here and, and get a win. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as they say it is. Uh, I think it'll probably be a 28-14 game, pretty close to what you were saying. So I think that's probably 
my best guess at that game. Uh, but our other game on the table, heading the other direction, on the other side of the world, uh, <laughs> is going to be Vanderbilt at Hawaii. Uh, an interesting game. I I saw when we saw this pop up, we kind of looked at each other and was like, "That's a little strange." Uh, I I don't I don't know how well Vanderbilt's going to travel uh, to a place like Hawaii. That they haven't been good for a very long time. I don't expect them to be any better than the past. Uh, Hawaii's a so-so team. Uh, it, it definitely plays in their hands. Absolutely, they don't have to go anywhere. Uh, so I, I I think Hawaii takes care of this game pretty easily. Uh, I still think Vandy's at the bottom of the leaderboard when it comes to the to the SEC. Uh, so I I got to go with Hawaii in this one. I think it's going to be a blowout in in that sense. I think it's probably a uh, I think it's a thirty five seven game uh, at the end of it just because of the environment and, and travel and things. Uh, I think Hawaii's more prepared and better ready for for a win there i really haven't seen an sec team go all the way out to hawaii so this has got to be the first time in school history and also sec history but yeah like you mentioned that this is going to be a tough environment for vanderbilt to go they're going from nashville uh, to honolulu hawaii but i mean it's not like hawaii's like any better than vanderbilt i just think it's just going to be a tough road trip you look at the line there vanderbilt is Almost a touchdown favorite, six and a half. I think that's probably going to go down. I think a lot of betters in Vegas is going to get around this Hawaii team. Uh, I just expect this one to be an ugly ball game. I, I mean, we saw what Vanderbilt and Clark Lee did in his first year. It wasn't great. It's probably going to be another three-win season for them as well. Hawaii, there's the Mountain West is really loaded. I think the Mountain West, I think a lot of people – are really discrediting that conference. I think, I mean, you'll have three teams at the top there with Fresno State, Air Force, and then Boise State. That will pretty much be your three main teams there. So Hawaii, I look to be as one of those bottom teams there or in the middle. Hawaii always uh, really the historic program in football. And I mean, going all the way back to that 2008 there with Colt Brennan, they went undefeated, faced Georgia. They got exposed in that game in the Sugar Bowl. Like Georgia won like 45 to 10, but I think uh, they're going to really match well against uh, Vanderbilt. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Both of these offenses really isn't flashy to me, so I think it's going to be more of a defensive battle. So I'm going to go Hawaii 21-14. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be quite of a blowout, but I think it's going to be one of those grinded-out games in Hawaii. Got to give it to the home team. So I'm going to go Rainbow Warriors. Why not? Why not? Well, I'm not even going to call this an upset. I mean, you could say they're like the line is there, but I really wouldn't call this an upset on paper. Yeah, I, I find it strange that the line is at six and a half yeah. points for Vandy, especially after, you I'm know. Making... I thought at least be like three points to Vandy, maybe uh, even like a favorite. But you look at FPI on ESPN here and it's 72% to Hawaii. So the line and uh, the FPI are definitely in disagreement here in week zero. Yeah, uh, and it's really early for something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't. I mean, if if it was going to be anything, I thought it was either going to be an even or potentially three points to Hawaii, but uh, six and a half to 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 Vandy's a lot to ask for. Uh, I get there in the SEC, but there there there's not much there uh, for them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's all that we're going to spend talking about yeah. our, our two games in Week Zero. There isn't much going on in Week yeah. Zero aside from I mean, that. I'll even read it out to you. Other notable games. 
Our, I mean, Austin P. Western Kentucky, Idaho State, UNLV, UConn versus Utah State, Wyoming, Illinois. I mean, you could just see it. It's pretty much all these uh, Power Five and Group of Five schools really playing cupcake games. That that Notre, uh, Nebraska versus Northwestern game, and then Vanderbilt, Hawaii. But Week One's got a lot of firepower, so we'll definitely get into that on the next episode next week. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, we'll dive straight into to Week One next week, but. Uh... For this week, staying on where we are, you know, the AP Top 25 came out uh, the other day and kind of both of us kind of looked at it and said, okay, 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 no, that's not right, okay. <laughs> so uh, it, it was it was interesting. Some of those teams that we saw on the leaderboard, uh, you know, to start the year and where they stood based on last year, and some of it's predicated on uh, – you know, additions that have been made to, to teams and coaching staffs and things like that. And some of them have just been blatantly terrible, um, in my opinion. I think they're asking a lot from some of these these uh, teams to be put them in the top 20, you know, 15, whatever that may be. Uh, it's a head-scratcher. So we'll dive into it. Uh, of course, you know, you lead off Alabama's your your number one team in the country once again. Uh, Ohio State at two, and Georgia at three, and Clemson at four. So those are your top four teams. Uh, are you okay with that order? I think I'm pretty much okay with it. I know I hinted at this on the Sports Grill podcast that will be coming out either today or tomorrow, that I hinted that Utah, I understand that they're at seven, but I just think that they're a better football team overall than Clemson. Clemson, I'm sure we'll get to them. We'll talk about them throughout the season as they try uh, to go. You know, they're in the post of Venables there. Red Venables is no longer their defensive coordinator. He moved on to be the head coach uh, for Oklahoma, and they also lost their offensive coordinator. So this is going to be new management. Uh, I mean, Dabo did a terrific job of his hires, but we're just going to see. I mean, like you mentioned on one of our other shows, is that Venables is the energy guy. So where is Clemson and this team going to get the energy from? I was just really impressed with Utah. I mean – I, we know on season one of this show that Jacob was a big influencer of my picks in the Rose Bowl. We both went with Utah. It ultimately didn't work out. But the way that team was able to battle that whole entire game against one of the best and most talented uh, teams in the country with Ohio State, I think that this Utah team, I mean, we're seeing in the Pac-12 like, oh, USC this, USC that. But, I mean, this Utah team I know has a tough challenge there at the Swamp, had to go on the road to face Florida. But if they win that one, they're scheduled – really sets up nicely, and I think that both we could see Utah and USC in the Pac-12 championship, maybe against an Oregon. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's a big possibility. Yeah, I'm okay with the top four. Um, it's all right. I don't know if I would put Clemson at four. That's kind of a huge jump yeah. based on how they finished last year. Yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of coaching changes that have been made there, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, this year. So I'm kind of iffy with them in the fourth spot there. I could agree with you and I would have put Utah there at four or potentially five. Um, I I just, I don't know how I feel about Michigan at eight. Kind of strange for them at eight. Uh, But I'm okay with the other teams there in the top 10 at that point. Uh, But some of the stuff that I'm kind of scratching my head at, yeah, uh, Utah there, and I'm, I'm also scratching my head at Miami, uh, where they're at on the AP poll. I mean, I thought if they were going to put Miami in there, they wouldn't be any higher than 20. I mean, they're up there 
a ways. So I, I'm I'm kind of scratching my head in the sense that why why do we have a team that struggled the last couple of years uh, so high up? It, it, they haven't proven themselves. I mean, they've made some coaching changes. Same with USC. Yeah. I mean, they've added Lincoln Riley. You've got a few guys that have committed and recruited and changed over. Uh, Caleb Williams, you know, has transferred over there with uh, Lincoln Riley. So, I mean, they have a guy who's seasoned enough at quarterback there. Uh, but aside from that, I just – I don't know uh, why they're that high. And stuff, you know, might play out and we see something where it's like, hey, stuff fell into place eventually after two weeks or three weeks. Because uh, ultimately the AP poll doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's just – shaping up for when the playoff poll comes out uh, and where teams stand for, for bowl season and things like that. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of baffled uh, by that. But speaking of, of the conference, you know, and we get to the end of talking about bowl games, uh, conference championship uh, lines are out. Uh, I know we have talked a lot about that lately and about what we're going to do as far as that goes because, uh, folks, there is uh, big money in conference championship picks. If you are are old enough to bet (laughs) and uh, you want to go test your luck at something uh, involving football and specifically college football, uh, it would be picking conference championships. So – it, uh, it's probably your best odds. I mean, sure, you, you win a game every now and then with lines and everything, but uh, when you're doing seven, eight game conference champion parlays, it's, it's a lot. Uh, so we're going to kind of run through our uh, conference championship picks and, and who we think's uh, going to represent each conference. And, you know, some of those big conferences go on to represent in the playoff, which we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but we'll run through our conference champions, and I guess we'll start with the ACC, Tyler. Hey, going back to season one, Jacob nailed it on the head. He said literally week one, I kid you not, that Wake Forest in Pittsburgh was going to be an ACC championship. And guess what happened? It happened. So let's see if he can uh, nail it again. So I'll start in the Atlantic. I know we deep dived into this, so I really won't get into it. I said NC State uh, back on our episode with the sports grill, but the more I'm looking at this Clemson team, I think I'm going to change my pick, go with Clemson. I, I just think uh, with this game being at Clemson, that's just going to be too hard of an environment for NC State to handle. I know that NC State got the job done at home, but it's a different environment uh, there at Clemson uh, Memorial Stadium. So I got to go with the Clemson Tigers. I know that it's going to come down between Clemson and NC State. Devin Leary is an experienced quarterback. DJ Uungale as well. He, I believe he's in his third year there uh, with Clemson. But I just think uh, my really main question is uh, for Clemson is how is the defense going to be without Brent Venables? Because that man's literally been there for as long as I can remember since uh, uh, his Oklahoma days whenever he was a defensive coordinator. Now he's a the head coach, the Coastal, man, the Coastal is pretty much a toss-up for me, but I, I know that you really don't have any faith in Miami, but I do. I think that Tyler Van Dyke is going to get it, the job done there for the Hurricanes, but that won't matter. I have Clemson uh, winning the ACC and reclaiming their throne there uh, for the ACC conference. Yeah, I mean, my picks haven't changed too much in the ACC. I kind of keep it simple stupid there. 
but I think in, in the Atlantic, I'm going to stay with NC State. I know I picked them uh, originally, and I'm going to stay with them. I, I think one game could swing the balance there between that Clemson and NC State game definitely will be the outcome. I think whatever outcome of that is, is you know, who's going to represent the Atlantic right there. Um, Wake Forest had a good year last year. They start the year at, what, 23, I think, uh, in the AP poll. Uh, NC State, you know, they're in the in the teens there. So, I mean, it, it really is up to uh, what happens in that game, I think, between NC State and Clemson. And I think uh, crazy things have happened, and I think a crazy thing could happen again. <laughs> uh, I think NC State figured out Clemson. They, I think they figured them out last year. And uh, sure, were they down a couple of guys and things were a little bit crazy. Uh, I still think that I'm going to roll with NC State. I have belief in them and in that coaching staff and especially that quarterback play with Leary. Uh, but in in the Coastal, it's kind of uh, – it's an I don't know. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to return to be who they are without Kenny Pickett. Uh, I think they probably finish second or third in the division there. Uh, I I can't go with Miami. I just can't. Something tells me that that's not going to work. <laughs> so uh, I said to myself, I'm going to roll with uh, UNC. I'm going to roll with the Tar Heels. Uh, no, we're not talking basketball. We're talking football. Uh, so I'm going to roll with NC, uh, NC State in, in, in North Carolina uh, to represent uh, their schools in North Carolina, in Charlotte for uh the acc championship so in all carolina yeah. final in carolina Dude, that would sell a lot of tickets in that city and that city would be sold out if that were that matchup were to happen for there, sure that would be the the battle of north carolina and the state of north carolina right there There would be a lot of i feel like there would be a lot of brawls outside the stadium <laughs> or in the concourse like man you better bring like a bulletproof vest to that game because the, the people are just going to be wailing on each other uh there so i yeah i mean that as much as the Clemson and NC State games would be crazy, is going to be crazy. Uh, NC State and, and UNC game would be wild, and uh, that'd be a heck of a matchup, especially for uh, the stakes as high as that. Uh, but moving on to our next conference, uh, Tyler, let's go to let's go to the Big Twelve. Man, this I think this is one of the most wide open conferences. Uh, usually in the past, this has been Oklahoma's conference to run away with. We saw Baylor uh, winning it with Dave Aranda there. Uh, there's a lot of preseason hype with Baylor. They're right on the, the top 10 line. They're number 10, but I just don't really see it. They did lose a lot of key pieces on the offensive side. Uh, they lost Abram Smith, their star running back. They lost a lot of key guys, uh, Petrie, one of their quarterbacks as well. So, I don't know if Baylor is going to – that's probably like a nine-win season that I'm, I'm feeling for, for Baylor. But in the end, I think it's going to be Bedlam in Arlington, Texas. I think it's going to be Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So, literally, they're going to play in the last week of the regular season and then turn around and play again. So, I think uh, it's going to be – obviously, the game this year is going to be a Norman. The game last year was hectic. That was that was actually Lincoln Riley's last head coaching experience for the Oklahoma Sooners. So, I think Oklahoma State's one of the most veteran – uh, really returning teams. They have Spencer Sanders returning back. They have a lot of weapons on both sides of the ball. They did lose Jared Bernard Corn, uh, Converse uh, to LSU. He decided to use his grad transfer to, to play for his hometown state. But I think that 
I went with Oklahoma. I still have faith in this Oklahoma team. I know that no longer Lincoln Riley, so the offense may look different, but uh, no longer Caleb Williams there. But they did add UCF transfer Dylan Gabriel, so I don't think this offense is really going to skip a beat uh, this year. I know I said Oklahoma in the previous show, but I think I'm going to have more faith in Oklahoma State. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Gundy here, go with the Gundy man here. I think that Oklahoma State, they lost a heartbreaker last year in Baylor. We know that last play, the running back dived but and got stopped there at the one-yard line. It was Baylor, you know, showing off, we want the rings. <laughs> so I think it's going to be this year. I think Oklahoma State, they've, you know, really thought about that game. This is going to be their revenge tour. So give me the, give me the pokes winning it uh, this season. Yeah, that's a great pick, I think. Yeah, Oklahoma, I don't think, uh, is who they, who their, you know, yeah. their past has been. I, I don't think uh, by any means it's going to look even remotely the same. If I watch uh, an Oklahoma game, I'll be able to tell. I'll be like, man, this is different, I feel like. Uh, but, you know, teams that have been talked about recently, I know you probably think I'm going to bring it up, which I am, and that's Texas. Uh, you know, the Longhorns have made a lot of additions and a lot of changes, especially, you know, trying to figure out quarterback, who's going to lead that offense. Uh, it's a lot of hype around what's going to happen in the future with Texas and Oklahoma and where they're going to go. And um, we'll have a dedicated part of a show to those two teams and, and their addition to the SEC. Uh, but for now, for this year, they stay in the big 12. So, I feel like, uh, you know, your team's like Kansas. Kansas is not going to compete for anything. I don't, I, I know they won't. They can, uh, hey, they won their, their big dance. They won the national championship against North Carolina basketball. So I don't think Kansas is too worried about football right now. I don't think so either. Uh, as far as West Virginia goes, you got your transfer. You got your transfer quarterback. That's what you wanted. Uh, kind of a strange transfer, though. Yeah, I know, going from Georgia to West Virginia, and then yes. he's doing like his "Let's Ride Mountaineer yeah. Nation." Let's ride the spinoff of the Russell Wilson yes. uh, thing there in Denver. That. Yeah, so I, I think uh, I think West Virginia gets a little better year this year, uh, based on the changes that they've made to their offense. Defense has always been good for them. Their game last year at Oklahoma, that was a battle. Yeah. I watched that game. That was a great game last year. I still remember that. Um, no, but I agree with you. Oklahoma State, I think, is too powerful on offense. You know, they're that original air raid offense team uh, that I love to watch. They throw it, they air it out there, and just hope it lands in somebody's hands. So uh, it would be a heck of a game to go watch out there in Stillwater. So I, I, it was a great team last year. I think they roll over and continue into this year. As far as Baylor goes, I think Baylor was pro is probably my team to go back. I think it's a rematch in this game uh, for the Big 12 title. Uh, those two teams are seasoned. They're ready to go. Uh, Baylor has energy for days. Uh, they, they are always healthy, ready to go. Uh, their pressure on the defensive line is strong. Uh, secondary plays amazing. Uh, their defense is what's won them a lot of games. I mean, I think they were the number one team in the Big 12 last season in defensive touchdowns. Uh, they they just they took the ball from everybody. And uh, props to them. I think they're going to have another great season this year. 
Uh, and I'm going to take Baylor again this year. I think they're they're my pick to go back and repeat for a Big 12 title. All right. So uh, on to our next big conference, uh, and that's going to be the Pac-12, kind of big-ish. Um, so pieces that have decided that they're going to be moving on after this year, uh, that would be UCLA and USC. Uh, folks, yes, they're going. If you haven't heard already, which if you haven't, then you need to open your ears, but they will be going to the Big Ten next year. Uh, they will be joining the Big Ten. So it's uh, it's going to be a long flight for those Big Ten teams heading out there. But for now, uh, USC and UCLA will stay there in the Pac-12 for one more year, and we'll see what happens. So, uh, Tyler, who do you – who do you see, you know, leading, you know, a lot's happened there, especially in the Pac-12, where teams have guys not only like they're not changing conferences so much conferences, uh, it's more of a lot of people are changing teams within the conference. And I've seen a lot of that lately, especially in the Pac-12. Uh, I don't know if it's belief in certain coaching staffs or what it may be. Uh but, you know, who's that team from last year that we saw that, you know, hey, really wasn't a competitor that could be won again this year? It's hard to really say that in the Pac-12. I just think that the top two teams this year is, is USC and Utah this year. I, I know that Oregon is a top 15 team. They're ranked number 11 right now. I'm also noticing that there's no more divisions in the Pac-12. I don't know if that's correct or not. Is that, that is correct? correct? Okay, that so I correct. guess it's just going to be the two best teams. Uh Dueling it out there in Las Vegas. So I think that's a pretty easy pick uh, for me to just go with the two heavy favorites in Utah and USC. I think they both meet in Las Vegas. I mean, like I just mentioned, I'm going to go with Utah. I think I'm just really high on this team going into this year. I think that they could definitely be on the front door of either going to another Rose Bowl game or going to, uh, you know, their first ever college football playoff appearance. I mean, Utah has been one of those teams in the past, you know, going back to like that same like 2008, 2009 season. Well, I don't think it was 2009 because Alabama won the Sugar Bowl. It was one of those years like Utah beat Alabama back then. So, I mean, this Utah team, you know, going back to that Rose Bowl game, just the dominating defense, a brand that they have really been working on under their really talented head coach. I think that the offense is going to be as talented as ever. They showcase that. In the back half of their schedule, especially against Oregon and then Ohio State. I think that USC, there's definitely a belief in the hype. I definitely think this is going to be a revamped team. I could see this either a 10-win, 11-win, or maybe possibly an undefeated season if they can beat Utah in the regular season. But um, even if USC beats Utah, I think that Utah comes back and slams the door on them in the Pac-12 championship. But I think if you're looking to answer your question, if you're looking for a team to really say like who could, you know, be a dark horse, maybe it could be a Washington. I don't know because Arizona State lost Jane Daniels. I just don't think that they're going to be great anymore. Lost a terrific quarterback. Colorado, I just don't really believe in them. Arizona, Cal, they they haven't really been good. So there's not really a team. UCLA, maybe, they you know, they beat LSU in that statement game week one and then they lose to Fresno State and we really didn't really – even see about them. So there's definitely a lot of key guys returning on that offense. So I think some dark horse team, I would look out for Washington. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's an interesting pick. Yeah. I, I think the days of Washington are over their days yeah. are numbered, I think to begin with. 
but my team, as far as the team that could be, uh, I, I don't think they're going to compete for a, a conference championship, but I think mm-hmm. they're going to have a better year and could be in that third spot, I think, is Stanford. Uh, we saw them get a big win last year so against Oregon. That was a heck of a game. That was wild. Uh, great win for them. Then Oregon kind of fell off. Yeah, and, and, and I don't know if they're going to return to be what they were. Uh, it just seems like a long shot there. So in I Colorado. Mean, Georgia week one, so it's yeah. not going to be easy out the gates. Yeah, we're really going to see who Oregon is right out the gate at week one. You're right. Yeah, and I think Colorado, I like Colorado's style of play. They're kind of a ground and pound team. Uh, which I, I I like. I think they're uh, I think they're coached well. They keep games close. I, I mean, never see Colorado. They showed it in the game uh, in Denver against Texas A and M last year. I mean that game was seven nothing, and then uh, it was in in the end it was ten seven. Uh, Texas A and M Isaiah Spiller ended up scoring a late touchdown. But Colorado can play some defense, and they showed it in that game. Absolutely, a really high powered SEC team in in A and M. Yeah, I mean it. it they keep every game close. Yeah, it's weird. I, I haven't seen them get blown out in a very long time. Uh, so I think they'll be there at the end, potentially uh, close to that 25 mark in the AP poll. I see them maybe staying there. So uh, I, I still think they'll have a good year, and I think they'll get a bowl game at the end of the year. Uh, but, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think USC and uh, in Utah, I think, are my picks as well for, for the Pac-12. I think uh, – I, I think I still have more belief in Utah than anybody. So uh, they're kind of the team that I feel most confident in, I think, out of every conference except for the SEC on who's going to win that title, uh, and that's that's Utah. I think they have the pieces. Uh, Cam Rising returns this year, so uh, he's hopefully going to have a great bounce-back season. You know, he left the Pac-12 championship injured and did not return to that game. Uh, to end the year, and I'm sure he's ready to go, uh, especially since a lot of spotlights on on USC, and I'm sure he is ready to face them uh, in a Pac-12 championship game one last time. Uh, I think I'll get to I'll get to more of Cam Rising when I get to my Heisman area because uh, he's high on my list, especially. Uh, man's got the flow. Let me tell you what that man's <laughs> he 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 brought the mullet back before the mullet was back. Uh, so I, I, uh, he's a fiery guy too. He, uh, he gets in there and mixes it up and he's one of those guys. He is not going to slide. He's going to take a big hit if he rolls out of the pocket and he wants to run with it. I mean, that's ultimately how he got hurt. Uh, but he is as tough as nails. So, uh, I think Utah is, is going to be there and win the pac 12 for me. Uh, moving on to our second to last power five. Uh, and that would be the Big Ten. Uh, you know, you had mentioned just a minute ago what happened to the divisions in the Pac-12. Where'd they go? And, you know, they put them all together. And I think that's probably what's going to come to here soon in the Big Ten, especially with the additions of USC and UCLA in the future for next season. Um, I think that is ultimately the best way to go about it because right now it's tough because – it seems like the East is just way overpowered and the West just doesn't have much of anything. And the Big Ten Championship games end up being blowouts and they're not close at all. So 
as far as the Big Ten goes, uh, I'll lead off, I guess, and I'll, I'll let you know my East first, uh, which is kind of uh, the big the big piece of the Big Ten. It's kind of the Big Ten. So uh, I, ultimately, I think it comes down to the end of the season where it's Ohio State and Penn State battling it out one and two. For the East, I think Ohio State probably is that team that represents the East, unless something crazy happens like 2015 all over again. Uh, but I think uh, Ohio State's there. I think they get that one big win uh, ahead of Penn State in order to, to get vaulted in there to ultimately face the West team, which I think is probably going to be Iowa. I think Iowa and Purdue are going to battle that one out. I love Purdue. Don't get me wrong. Purdue's a great team. Uh, crazy, fast, aggressive. Uh, throws everybody off guard. So uh, I think I'm going to go with Iowa, though. They're kind of the trusty Rusty right there in the West. So I'm going to run with them. And, and of course, I've got Ohio State winning and a blowout there for, for the Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis. Yeah, I as well will start in the East. I mean, I think that there's going to be ultimately three teams battling it out for the top spot. That's going to be Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. I definitely think that Penn State, uh, I do have them winning on the road at Auburn. I just I just don't really believe in Auburn, especially with the off-field antics. And it sounds like more and more that they're rolling with T.J. Finley. I just don't think that T.J. Finley has been the guy. He showed a little bit of sparks at during his LSU days during the 2020 season, but he, it's just not going to be the quarterback of the future uh, for Auburn. But the, def- the defense will definitely be there for them. But I think ultimately it will come down between the game. I think both Michigan and Ohio State will go into that matchup both undefeated. It's going to be another top five battle. But just the, the pure talent that Ohio State is bringing back this year is just going to make me vault them over Michigan. And they are going to want payback for, for what Michigan did at the big house last season. It was Ultimately embarrassing for Ohio State. Ohio State's defense just got run over by Hassan Haskins. I, I, I think I don't even remember how many times I lost track of how many times Gus Johnson said Hassan Haskins. There he goes. Uh, so I think I don't know if that's going to happen this year. Obviously not because Hassan Haskins is on the Tennessee Titans now. But Caden McNamara returning definitely a uh, lot of experience. You obviously lose Aiden Hutchinson, but still. Worthy of a top 10 team there, as you can see on the bottom of the screen there, they're at number eight. But I think they fall all the way at the end of the season to the top five. This will be like a two versus four matchup. But in the end, of Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and uh, C.J. Stroud. Those are going to be two names on the Heisman Award watch list here in the preseason. So I think that Ohio State gets their revenge and then wins uh, the Big Ten East. On the West, I mean, this is the West is pretty much wide open. I can see even – like teams like Minnesota and Nebraska uh, went in this division. But I'm going to go with Purdue. Um, I just think that the sixth year is really going to help Aiden O'Connell. They do lose uh, their key guy on defense, George Karloftis. He's now in the Kansas City Chiefs. Lost David Bell. He went to the NFL draft as well. So there's going to be a lot of key pieces. But I really like their schedule. They don't have Ohio State this year. Uh, They play the majority of their big games at home. I believe their only road trip is either Wisconsin or Iowa. It's either one of those opponents. But other than that, I think their schedule really sets up nice. So I think this could be a potential nine-win season. I think that nine wins is going to be enough to win the Big Ten West. I just think that the West teams are just going to beat up on each other like they did last year. So I'm going to have Purdue and Ohio State. But like you said, uh, if you match up Purdue versus Ohio State, that's going to be a blowout. So I think that Ohio State on uh, 
on neutral field wins. And I think that's pretty much – I think, honestly, other than the SEC, maybe this is probably the easiest pick for me going with Ohio State. Yeah, I think, you know, they're with Purdue, you know, staying there for a second. Yeah, their their one big road game there is at Wisconsin in Madison. Okay. That's going to be a tough game. Yeah, right? it is. I don't think they win that game, uh, you know, and then you got to go back home and play Iowa the next week. That's yeah, a really that, tough. That's going to be a crucial part with Wisconsin and Iowa, and they do open their season up at home against Penn State. So if they don't win that, they're already going to be behind. You know, the likes of Wisconsin, Iowa, you know, teams at the top that are going to be competing. So I think whoever wins that game, you know, we're going to be looking, you know, in the midseason, like Penn State. You know, if they win that one, they could be a team, you know, that's undefeated. That's going to be a lot of experience on that team. So Penn State has also got a lot of good opponents at, as well. I think their really only hard road game is obviously the Auburn game. That's always a tough environment to go to. But they do have to face uh, Michigan at uh, on the road. But they do get Ohio State uh, at home, and then they get uh, Michigan State at home as well. So I think they their schedule also pretty much sets up nicely as well. So that could be a team that could sneak up into the top ten before you know it. Sure, definitely. Yeah, I mean, they're a sneaky team. Uh James Franklin there has them ready to go, I think. And there's a lot of – I talked about this in our other show that will be coming out in the next day or so, uh, you know, about how ready that university is for a young uh, freshman wave to come in and take over there. Uh, I know Sean Clifford's been there a long time. Stuff he's done with the NCAA recently I am very for uh, in things like that. He's kind of headed a lot of the NIL stuff throughout the country uh, with his own organization leading that charge. Uh, but, you know, I think with somebody like Drew Aller coming in, I think the university's ready to go. I think they want to get him in there experienced. He throws that ball so hard. I was watching some, you know, uh, training camp stuff and just absolutely ripping the ball. So uh, I- I'm excited to see what the future is. Uh, those of you that have watched this show before know that I'm I'm a lifelong Penn State fan, and and uh, I'll be there watching them every Saturday, regardless of how the season goes. So uh, no, I hope it's a good year. Fortunately, I won't be at the Auburn game this year uh, in Jordan Hare. I know I'm close to to that area, closer to that area, but uh, tickets are too expensive. Uh, yeah, number one, I, in SEC well, country tickets you could pretty much double that. I mean. Yeah. yeah, I think that's Auburn's biggest home game of the year because they faced Alabama in the Iron Bowl last season. I don't, I don't know if they faced Georgia at home or not, but I mean, I think that Auburn fans just don't even want to go to that game. It's just going to be a blowout. Yeah, I think they want to get their revenue, and yeah. I think they want they want payback at the end yes. of the day for playing in the whiteout last year, early whiteout last year. Uh, but this year, you go back, and uh, it's against an interesting opponent in minnesota uh kind of an odd game there you turn around I mean, minnesota is going to be no slash so tanner morgan's also another uh, i think either fifth year or six years that man's been there for who knows how long i think man the big 10 is just like six year conference you have sean clifford coming back you have uh, o'connell of purdue coming back i don't know how many years peyton thorne has been there i think that what is he, is he still a young quarterback or is he like a junior i think he's a junior quarterback this okay. year uh, I think I don't think he played his senior year. I can't remember who was at quarterback, but uh, 
I think he's a junior. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of veteran quarterbacks in, in the Big Ten, and it'll be exciting to see what happens there. But I think the young quarterback era in the Big Ten is going to be what drives it. And we've kind of seen that with what Ohio State's done with C.J. Stroud. Uh, so I, I think it's it's time for some young blood to come in and take over the Big Ten. Uh, but our last major conference uh, that we'll get to is the SEC the boys down south, uh, and of course Tyler here is on Southeast Sports Talk, and uh, that is kind of his wheelhouse. So I will let Tyler lead it off here. I know we've talked about this in the last yes. day or so on what we what we think is going to happen here, and uh, to no surprise. Uh, yeah. yeah, no surprise at all. I mean, I'm just going to go say right now it's going to be Alabama, Georgia. I mean, there will be teams competing. I just don't like – I'll say like Arkansas, I would say could be up there. Texas A&M, I could see them competing up there just because of their defense so that they're returning back. And then they do lose some key stars with Isaiah Spiller, but they still have an eye Smith there uh, in the backfield. He'll replace him. Uh, and obviously their number one recruiting class will boost them. Arkansas is returning talent as well. And the other teams have some question marks. You could say Mississippi State could be a dark horse in the West uh, just with the explosive offense that they run in the defense. A lot of key returners, like I said uh, on the show uh, yesterday that we recorded. Uh, Mississippi State is one of the most veteran bunches. And, I mean, veteran, you know, having that veteran talents can be key uh, in the SEC. I think uh, that that LSU versus Mississippi State game uh, could decide, you know, who finishes third in the SEC West. You know, that game's in bad route. So we've seen Mississippi State go into that hostile environment before. They have done it before just two years ago. But in the end, it's going to be Alabama. I can't bet against Nick Saban. That's going to be the one of the most loaded teams he has had. Not really many key pieces you're losing. I mean, you did lose John Mechie and Jameson Williams, but all they do at Alabama is just re, it's no rebuilding years. It's just reload. And they are going to be absolutely loaded at every division, uh, at every position, excuse me. So I'm going to go with Alabama in the West. So I'm going to go with Georgia, uh, reigning national champs, one of the best defenses that we have ever seen last year. They did lose Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis. They had a lot of draft picks. Let me just tell you that. So that's all I need to know. But like Alabama, Kirby Smart pretty much runs the same program at Alabama. They don't rebuild. They reload. And Georgia will once again be reloaded. I think in the East, you could see teams like Tennessee and Kentucky. I think that's going to be the two teams at the top uh, battling it out for the number two spot. Tennessee and Kentucky is also – uh, two of the other teams in the conference uh, that is reloaded, especially at the quarterback position. Kentucky has Will Levis, former Penn State product. And then you have Tennessee, uh, Hinton Hooker, former Virginia Tech product. But in the end, you got to go Georgia, Alabama. And I'm going to go Alabama. I think they reclaim. Actually, they're not even reclaiming their throne. They won the SEC title last year, but Georgia won the big dance. But I think Alabama once again wins uh, the SEC championship against Georgia. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'll keep it short there. Yeah, I think Alabama and Georgia face each other again in the SEC championship. I've got Georgia winning, though, this time uh, for the SEC championship. I think Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs have Nick Saban's number uh, again this year for a second time in a row, uh, speaking towards the national championship last year. Um, so I, I think, uh, think they're my pick to win the SEC and represent the SEC. Ultimately, I think it comes down to, yes, we'll probably have two SEC teams in the playoff again this year. Um, unfortunately, unless something crazy happens, 
Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of that. And most of our viewers know that I'm not a big fan of having two teams from the same conference in the top four uh, to go to the college football playoff. Uh, but we'll get into that. I know you mentioned LSU uh, there with uh, Mississippi State kind of battling, battling it out there in the West. Um, <clears throat> I didn't have Mississippi State doing much this year. Uh, I'm just very iffy in the past is uh, you know, the past couple of seasons has made me think that way uh, just because I, I, I don't know where they're at football wise and where they're at player wise. I know you know more of that than I do, but it uh, it just seems like a long shot to think that there'll be a third place team trying to battle it out. Uh, I mean, I will be at that LSU and Mississippi State game, so uh, it'll be a good game. I, I enjoy going to those games, and I'm sure we'll have a bunch of friends there that uh, will come and join in, in Baton Rouge for that one. Uh, and, you know, you touched on Tennessee. Tennessee is a team that's trying to prove themselves. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of what we've seen is, uh, well, they could have a 10-win season. And I'm like, wait a second. I said, that's a bit interesting. So looking at their schedule, I, I, I don't see 10 wins on their schedule. I see maybe eight uh, there. So that's just my thinking. Uh, and looking at their schedule in Tennessee's past, uh, I, I, I like Tennessee. I like the way they move the ball. Uh, yes, Hooker is still there at quarterback. Uh, that'll be a great game, too, in, in Baton Rouge. Uh, haven't seen that in a little while, Tennessee, LSU. Uh, that'll be a great game. I'll be at that game as well. Those are the two games I'll be at. Uh, I this won't be. Man, just going to be on a stadium tour. I will this, be on uh, this year. <laughs> yeah. So, and that'll all be in the middle of while I go back to state college to see Penn State and Michigan State finish the season uh, a couple of days after Thanksgiving. So, uh, yeah, it'll it'll be wild college football season for me on the road, uh, moving around a little bit. Uh, but it, yeah, I, I ultimately think that, you know, your teams that are going to have down years is Florida, uh, Auburn, Texas A&M was at the bottom of my list for the SEC West, which I know that might surprise a lot of people, but I just don't see it at Texas A&M. I, I get the recruiting thing and Jimbo pumps the, the, well, we're, we're going to have the number one recruiting class in the country. Him and Nick Saban throw hissy fits at each other about who's going to win what. Uh, and it's just a giant children's fight. So uh, I ultimately think Georgia wins wins the SEC over over Alabama in that that big game. Uh, getting to Power Five, uh, I don't want to run through every Power Five conference, or sorry, Power Five group of five. Uh, group of five. Sorry, mm-hmm. I don't want to run through every group of five conference uh, out there. I kind of want to get your taking on who you think the best two or three teams are in the group of five uh, and where they, you know, match up uh, at the end of the year and where, where they might stand. Well, looking at the group of five right now in the AP poll, you have 23, 24 and 25 represented uh, by that group of five slate. That's Cincinnati. I don't really know about Cincinnati this year. I, I had to look more into it, but that's a lot of key guys that they're losing. They're pretty much losing a lot, like pretty much like 75% of their offensive production with Desmond Ritter, Alec Pierce, should I go on and on? They pretty much lose everybody, and then they lose a couple of key guys on the defense. So I think that Cincinnati, there's not going to be an undefeated season. I can see a nine-win season or like a 10-win season for this bunch. Still a talented head coach and staff with Luke Fickle there. So you, you can't ever have been – 
bet really against that guy and that coaching staff. You see Houston there. That's probably my pick uh, for the American Conference uh, to take that one along with UCF. And then you see BYU there. They're independent school. I'll, I would have to run through their schedule uh, to see. But I think it, one of the best group of five is going to come from the Mountain West Conference, whether that's Air Force, Fresno State. And I'm going to give it to Air Force. I'm going to go with our troops. I think that Air Force is going to surprise some people. We know they have a real solid defense. Uh, I think that Air Force is going to, you know, really flash, uh, have some flash. They're only receiving four votes from the AP poll, but as soon as their schedule gets underway, I, I think that Air Force, I think it's the Mountain West is going to come down between Air Force and Fresno State. Uh, Boise State will probably be in the mix, but I think they're a step behind uh, both of those schools. I just think that Air Force and Fresno State's offense is more experienced and more battle-tested. So I'm going to go Air Force, going a little surprising pick here. I know that a lot of viewers are probably on like Houston this year uh, to be the, the group of five represented, but I'm going to go Air Force, support the troops. Yeah, I know I like that pick. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have too much belief in uh, Boise State. I mean, if I'm going to talk about the Mountain West, my <laughs> pick's probably going to be Fresno State, uh, just because they're seasoned, they know where they stand, and they've statistically finished in the top 25 a lot of seasons and played in some bowl games. So uh, I'm going to roll. I would roll with them in the Mountain West. My other team uh, belongs to Conference USA, uh, and that's going to be kind of an interesting pick, and that's UAB. Uh, I think UAB is a team that could uh, could prove themselves in that conference there. Not much else going on in that conference besides UTSA, possibly. Uh, I know they've competed for a Conference USA title. Uh, was that last year? Had a great season. Uh, that was wild that, that they won double-digit games last year. Uh, and Western Kentucky also is a team to look out for as well. Uh very air raid offense type uh, over there in Western Kentucky. Uh, my last team uh, is probably going to be Houston. I think Houston and the American is the team to beat. Uh, I don't think Cincinnati is there anymore for me to to represent the American. Houston is kind of top dog, I think, right there, or uh, top cat in uh, in that in that division. So uh, in that conference, so I'm going to roll with them there uh but moving on from from all of that and it all comes down to at the end of the year we talk about what tyler the playoff so the playoff is still consistent of four teams again uh expansion i know that it's been big talks about expansion and what what's going to happen where's it going to go it's going to be 8 12 however it may be uh but as it stands still four uh, what four teams do you have representing uh, themselves in the playoff? Well, you see the top four there on the bottom of your screen? Well, that's going to be my top four in the playoff. It's going to be <laughs> one, one C. I, that's probably not a good thing here because the AP poll is usually wrong. Uh, but I just think that number one C is going to be Alabama. Uh, they're going to go undefeated, win that SEC championship, and claim that number one overall seed. Ohio State's going to be doing the same. I think it's. It's going to be either – I could either see Ohio State or Alabama get in this number one seed. I would not be shocked if we see Ohio State finish off the season undefeated and then uh, jumping over Alabama for that one spot. But I'm just going to go with Ohio State at number two seed right now. I'm going to have Georgia at the number three seed. Uh, the college football playoff is not going to want to see 
uh, a rematch of Alabama Georgia the next week. So they'll they'll move. I think that both Georgia and Clemson will be eleven and one anyways at the season. I think that Clemson, if they do lose the game, will be that game against NC State, and that'll ultimately decide uh, the the Atlantic Division. But I just think that Georgia and Alabama, I just don't really see it unless like a Tennessee or Kentucky upsets Georgia. That's really the only reason to keep them out because if Alabama and Georgia are both undefeated going to the SEC championship, it doesn't matter what happens unless like both one of the two teams, you know, blows someone out and then, you know, a team like Utah or USC makes a move. I just don't see it happening. And I have Clemson. I think that this is either going to be a team that goes undefeated or 11 and one. I think that'll be enough. Uh, just depending on, you know, what the Pac-12 champion does or what the, the Big 12 champion does as well. So those are my top four. And then the outside looking in is Utah. That's my number six team. And then uh, seven, I would have to play Oklahoma State, which I think is going to be the, the both the Pac-12 champs and the Big 12 champs. I think that those both teams could either be 11-1 and one or 10-2 and two at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I like three of the four teams there at the top. The only I think I already know which one. That's uh, not Clemson. Yeah, and uh, I don't think Clemson's going to be there. I just I don't have the belief in Clemson to be there at the fourth spot at the end of the season. Uh, I would replace them. I feel better with putting Utah there for now. Uh, after I, I almost did too because we know both of us. We might as well be called the Utah Coast to Coast Show. Yeah, so we we give a lot of love to Utah. Yes, uh, but they're a great football team, and I won't talk much more about them. But yeah, I, I think they're my team to represent the fourth there uh, until week one. If I mean, if they get <laughs> they a win in Florida, Florida, if they get a win in Florida, it uh, it quite possibly could put them a, just a little bit higher. Because hey, who's who's there to say that A and M doesn't lose early on in the season? <clears throat> who's there to say that Ohio State uh, beats the brakes off of? Notre Dame, week one, uh, that would move them down immensely. It, 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 and Clemson's the only one standing in their way. And, and if Clemson ultimately does lose that game to NC State or loses another game, uh, I think Utah would be the next team in line for me. So uh, I have to put them there. Uh, but that's our, our playoff right there from what we know right now. Uh, season hasn't even started yet. Nope. So we'll see how good we are. It will at the end change. Of the year. I mean, we'll do another it one in the midseason. It will change. We'll do a little midseason one uh, as we get deeper in. Last thing we'll talk about here as we come up on the hour mark uh, is uh, Heisman. Who is your early Heisman pick uh, here? I kind of could guess it, but you, we can, you can guess. Go ahead. Is it CJ Stroud? It yeah. is CJ Stroud. I think he's, I mean, I know that there's a lot of guys. I'll pretty much say like the top, like three guys, it's going to be CJ Stroud, Bryce Young and Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think that a wide receiver finally gets an invite. I don't think there hasn't been many wide receiver invites. It's mainly been a quarterback award. We saw a defensive player last year. Uh, be able to get it with Aiden Hutchinson. But I just don't think that any – I don't really see – not really circling any defensive guys uh, to get an invite this year. I think it's either going to be an offensive, whether that's quarterback or a receiver. I just think that if, if I have Ohio State making the playoffs and having a really good year, I think that C.J. Stroud is going to have a fantastic year. I could either – I wish you could give the trophy to both Jackson Smith and Jigbo because he's going to be the next – Next best Ohio State receiver. We see guys like Michael Thomas already in the league, What whatever he's doing. Chris Olave, he's just 
he's drafted. So I guess, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Jackson Smith and Jigba in the black and gold uniform. I know that he's going to be a top five pick, though, so that probably won't happen unless the Saints ultimately explode, implode this season. But I'm going to go a little sneaky pick here. I, could, I think Stetson Bennett could get an invite, the quarterback from Georgia. He showed it what he could do last season with the dogs. I think he's going to be the focal point uh, of the office of the offense uh, with Samir White and James Cook uh, leaving for the draft. So I think that whatever the performance he showed me against Alabama National Championship game, I think you're going to see more of that this year. So I think I could see a sleeper pick of Stetson Bennett get an invite and possibly could win it, especially if you know if Georgia, like your pick says. I think if Georgia uh, wins uh, the SC Championship against Alabama, that could definitely be a de facto. Could it either be a guy like C.J. Stroud or could it be Stetson Bennett? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, um, my my number one pick is probably Cam Rising. It depends on how the season goes, the end of the season uh, goes. But no, I agree with you. I think Bryce Young will be there at the end uh, once again, and and I think uh, CJ Stroud will also be there. Like I, I I honestly think this year is probably the all quarterbacks yeah. again, uh, just because that's statistically what has happened a lot in the past. Uh, leaders of the offense so those are my my three picks uh to represent their schools for the for the heisman i I don't see that changing too much uh but guys that that'll wrap up our week zero show uh our preview for the season and uh what's to come so we'll see what happens here we'll be back next week for uh our second episode of season two uh so circle circle your calendar uh for the next episode and we will see you guys then thank you so much for tuning in and uh everyone have a good rest of their day and their evening lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.